Nations. We were talking about goats earlier. He's the goat of roofing in Memphis. The goat of roofing repairs. He will come out, get on your roof, assess the damage, and then perhaps work with your insurance company. If there's a claim he can make, he will do it. No problem at all. He'll fight for you. Financing is available. If that route <clears throat> is not successful, he's the best guy to deal with in Memphis. Super honest, super fair. Had a, had a whole new roof for me, brand new. No out-of-pocket cost to me about two or three years ago. Great experience every single time. When he comes out, let him know you heard about him on the Jason and John Show. He's going to throw in a free roof and upgrade. That's why he's the best. Took care of John, 487-7096. You can tell by the being voted most popular roofing companies, taking care of plenty of others as well. You can be next, but you got to call, and you might as well, like we say, lock that number in, 901-487-7096, because at some point, now or later on, you're going to have a roof issue and maybe a renovation question, maybe a job you want done. They're the team to call for that as well. Chris McCauley's got a great team. They'll be out to your house in a jiffy, and they'll tell you what they what you've got in terms of uh, got a big problem or a small problem or if it's a renovation question, whether or not they can get the job done for you. Odds are they can. Again, call them up, 487-7096, or check them out online at McCulleyRoofingLLC.com. It's McCulley Roofing and Renovations. Uh, one thing we have not uh, mentioned, we have not talked about yet that we should address, and it is a – it is something I think uh, we have talked about before, um, and 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 we do need to discuss. Pete and Kim uh, indeed have call it quits. I, I didn't know if you had a long sort of, uh, you know, diatribe or tangent that maybe you wanted to launch. I, saw that. I, I don't like having this Pete Kim conversation with you because, according to you, she got with him because he's so talented and funny. It's just it was ridiculous. Well, I and think so, I think again, it, it becomes a very cringy conversation when I'm having it with you and you got. So many misconceptions about what this really was, and so that's why it's. I tend to keep my takes with you on this short. Well, what 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 was it about then? It was about the sex, John. It was about looking about having a rebound after Kanye, a very quick rebound after Kanye. It's about perception, right, and about feeling good. So she knocked out two birds. Apparently, you know, Pete's got a reputation. Good for him, okay. But he never should have got anything tattooed on his body dealing with her because let me tell you this it was always going to be short short-lived it always was mm-hmm. you know he's got my girlfriend's a lawyer he had that put on her i think he might have had a little bit more too in terms of they don't tattoo anything because this was never gonna be forever mm-hmm. it's for the tabloids it always was have a little fun look like you've moved on from kanye best thing you can do to kanye too to drive him up the wall is have another man she pete served his purpose for Kim, and she's moving on to the next. He was used. Well, as you, I, I'm not in the game anymore. But my my theory is that if you can make a woman laugh, you can have pretty. You, pr- pr- your success rate is going to be like regardless of your attraction level. It's going to take it up like probably two, two, two entire spots. I would say. Like if you're a six, you're an eight. If you're a seven, you're a nine. If you're a four, you're six. Tell me what Pete's filming in Australia. Anybody know? Uh, I don't know. He's got a movie coming out this weekend. New horror movie called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. It looks good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like the uh, Gen Gen. Uh, what's the next generation? Gen Z. I believe that's right. That's like all, all these. Yeah, I, I saw some think piece saying that like you know these. This is like an example of the movie makers appealing to the Gen Z crowd, trying to get them in the in the theaters. 
So that my understanding is he's in Australia right now filming a movie. That's part of why they said they're calling it quits because they because of the distance right now. Right, you're in Australia shooting something. My point is this: Pete is Pete more relevant with Kim or without? Is Pete more relevant with Kim or without? Not even a question. That's right. Yeah. So who used who? She back to my point. She used him for the time for her season. Now he's gone back and he's going to end up back in the abyss. Now Bennett knows the movie he's got coming out this week, but we don't. Wh- wh- who knows about the one he's filming in Australia right now? My point is that without her, he's going to go back into and Saturday Night Live, by the way, because he's no longer on that either. He's going to go back to irrelevance. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Irrelevance. No. Yes, dude. He. I mean, he yes. dated Ariana Grande. Like he's been with a lot of. Famous so, so women. Again, like in that situation, the woman again made him relevant or more relevant. Certainly did. Ariana then moved on to Kim. What I'm saying, my man got used. I think, he got used. I think he's fa- – I mean, I agree that, yeah, of course, he's going to be more relevant when he's dating Kim Kardashian, but I think that he is a pretty certified star in his own right. He'll still be very relevant. Definitely lower in B-list. Oh no, man! Pete Davidson, a list. Let's see how the movie does this weekend. Then we will what, decide. What is it called? Bodies, bodies, bodies. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna have to school me because I have I don't know what that is. Does he even- a twenty four studio? They usually put out good stuff. So. And he's the star. Yeah, I think he's one of the. I think it's like an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he can't carry alone unless he's playing himself in the movie we saw. Uh, in fairness, I don't. Where he was good. I I don't. Well, it's, it was a no-brainer career move for Pete Davidson because what you're not taking into account is like the curiosity factor of like life after uh, Kim. You know, people will tune in just to see like there is a there is a an impact there, right? That you get the Kardashian bump. You don't need it when you're with him because she's like the bump comes when you're with her. No, when the, when, it, when it's done, it's over. So you don't you, think you're flatlining again. So like you don't like. Why do you think? What's like, my NBA dude's name? He'd never been the same. Chris Humphreys, exactly well, off the face of the earth, may as well. That, be. that that lasted three days. That was not like a real again thing. used again. That was for television and it was for the wedding that was that Kim got paid for by TV and it was again it was about it was about her image mm-hmm. more so. She uses men, uses them. Well, He's just another one in a long line. Like you don't think got like tattoos off that woman. You don't think there's a, there's a reason though that like artists write their best stuff. Ray J laughing in the Crystals commercial at y'all laughing. Like artists write their best stuff after a breakup. Like Taylor Swift, you know, her, all of her stuff, all her best songs are about like breakups. You know, like Adele's like biggest hit is uh you know go easy on me I'm going through a divorce you know. I mean, when you go through a personal struggle, you know, creatively, you tend to rise, you know. So I suspect that Pete, I, this movie's already been filmed, right, the movie that's coming out. The one he's got coming out this week. I think my yeah. understanding is he's filming another one in Australia right now. It shows you real hot, huh? you know, you know, real hot. That, that, We're going to see if he can carry these you things. Don't think, Bennett says this one's an ensemble. You don't think Pete Davidson's career benefited by being with Kim Kardashian for nine months? During the time he's with her, you're in the headlines. When you're not, you're out. Like, that's going to end up being the point. You, you're acting like there's this bump once he's done with her that's not going to be there. He's going to go back to irrelevance. He's not even on Saturday Night Live anymore. Yeah. So this movie thing better be the one that takes off. 
And when again was the last Saturday Night Live guy to go off and have a new movie career, uh, a great movie career? That's why I was telling you they're few and far between now, as opposed to Sudeikis, the Lorne right? Michaels. Sadek is probably the last one. Yeah, but the, the, that Lorne Michaels used to identify man. They'd all go off. They yeah. were all studs. You're offending Bennett. You're offending Bennett with this. He likes. I, I think Pete's gonna be all right. He's gonna be all right. Is exactly it. what you know He's, what he'll do if the movie thing doesn't work out. He'll go do stand up comedy and he'll tell Kim Kardashian and he'll stories get and bank. people eat it up. He'll make bank. Yep. And he'll be because that's not so, mainstream. It doesn't matter. Like he I mean, is now, like what you said, he'll be all right, but, and that's what he's gonna be. Oh, I'm I'm not saying that Pete Davidson doesn't have some talent or whatever. All I'm telling you is not he's gonna be, be mainstream anymore. He's got to understand that he was used the yeah. entire time. Well, this was, look, this was to be used. And you were a bounce back. It's just off like Kanye. That's all you were. It's just like Chris Rock. Chris Rock, his career benefited by being slapped by Will Smith, undeniably. Because now everybody wants to buy tickets to his shows to see what he's no, going to say. Well, that's not going to be Pete. Just telling, people buying tickets for him to tell Kardashian stories. They man, will. Man, please. You won't. But the, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't go to a Pete Davidson show anyway. There is no way you would ever attend a stand-up show with Pete Davidson. You wouldn't do it. No. Right. So you're out on Pete anyway, regardless. He could, he could, he could date anybody. He could date Beyonce. I'm trying to find out this new wave of people that are going to come in and buy tickets because he went with Kim for Three months, four months, six months, whatever it was. But, I mean, people thought he was funny before he was with Kim. Now, Jason didn't. Jason liked him in that one One movie. out of three? No, I'm saying people one out thought, of three he thought he was funny. People thought he was funny on SNL. He did stand-up. People thought he was funny. Like, I think people think he's funny. Kim thought he was funny, and that's why she texted him. She got the number from one of the producers at SNL, and she texted him because she thought he was funny. So you think, I mean. You, this has already been disproven. You tried to bring this with me earlier. She didn't get with him because he's funny, fool. She got with him because he's freaking Joe Theismann. But I'm saying. <laughs> according to the reports. That, that, again, on, on again. On a day that we it's had more, Joe. It's, it's not about, oh, he can make me laugh in my time of sadness after Kanye. <laughs> it's about, I need to look like I've bounced back. I need to look, portray strength, have a new man after the divorce, the separation from Kanye, right, and have a little fun while I'm doing it with Pete Davidson. What, what are y'all looking at here? You're blinded. Kim's got you blinded. I just feel like there is a bump. Pete is so talented that he could wrap a girl like Kim and have her. My goodness. No. What a I'm guy. Saying, this guy's talented. He makes women laugh, and that's how he does it. That is how he does it. It's not because he's a handsome guy, objectively. It's because he's funny. It's because he can tell jokes. He's got some game. He's got some game, Jason. He's got some game, bro. Mm-hmm. It, it has nothing to do with his, with the way he makes women laugh, guys. Yeah, that's not your strategy. Get, get school. You don't you don't do the laughing thing. Like you don't want to make women laugh. You want to be smooth. You want to be cool. You want to be like you know you, like answer the phone with a real deep voice. You know, like that's the way you do it. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even gonna go there because I, I see what the difference is now. Y'all aspire to when you're like Pete. And some others, when you like Joe D, Joe Theismann, you ain't got to do all that funny, funny. You don't understand what I'm saying? You guys, little short guys, y'all the ones got to go out and do I'm that. Not short. Do, that's nah, I'm not he, talking about that kind of about, short. He's not talking about height. I'm talking about oh. short, short, if you know what I'm talking about. I'm not short. Y'all the ones got to make them laugh. We'll add something to it. Maybe we can make them laugh and tickle her. No, you looking yeah. at the wrong person that's over what, here. But that, that's why I think there's so much awe when it comes to this. No. This conversation. Yeah. He makes her laugh. Look, let me be clear. There is absolutely some overcompensating going on. Like, you have to. You protect. Exactly. You pro- now you're telling some truth. But I'm saying for me, like, you know, I, I you know, you got to. 
you got to protect yourself, bro. You know what I'm saying? You got to protect yourself. You Y'all's gotta, admiration of Pete's a little weird. It's not really admiration. It's a little it's weird. Like, it's, it's a little like, weird. I know how it. I, I not know. super talented. Not right. You know, funny guy sometimes. Talking about what is it? Staten Island. I mean, Where's I mean, he from? Staten Island. Is mm-hmm. it not? You're talking about home. I mean, you Staten think, Islanders. You think the dude should be on FM radio in Memphis or something, man? Like you, you don't, you don't think the dude is <laughs> worth anything, bro? Uh, I'll tell you this: he ain't got nothing on Chris Rock, the aforementioned Chris Rock. He ain't got a thing on Chris Agreed. Rock. Agreed. There's stand up, there's OGs in stand up, and then there's Pete Davidson that you're saying could sell a few tickets at a show if he tried. Well, he could. Big difference, bro. He could. Big difference. Well, look, I think he also had a bit, a bit of an age difference going on. Yeah, you're with 45. Kim? Yeah, with Kim, I think that I think. No, he's Kim, talking about him and Kim. He ain't uh, talking about me. I, I think about... they're. I think they're pretty far apart. Let's let's. let's I thought, well, Kim's probably your age. Well, Kim's Jason. in her 40s. Yeah. So y'all are probably the same age. Yeah, Kim is 41. Right. Pete Davidson's probably like 34, 35. If I had to guess, I don't know if 28. Oh my God! Yeah, I told you he's that young. Jeez, he he he's had a hard twenty eight years, man. Hadn't he? Yeah, he's had a hard twenty eight. Well, he had felt like he, his career's been twenty. No, dude, he's, twenty is he's just got okay. The disease. He's he, not. It, the, he, he has looks a disease. Like that for a reason. Okay. He's also he he's tight, talked about it. Any kind of typecast too in terms of what he can play? Oh, of course. Well, yes. Right. The tattooed. Yeah, like he's like the Cro- young. He punk. has he has Crohn's disease. Okay. I'm saying that's like, because you were saying he looks like he's like been through it. No, he looks like he's been through it because he has Crohn's disease. Is that typical? I don't know. Is that ty- he said that before? He's talked about like why his eyes look like that. Oh right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying like I think it's more of a, a commentary on it. Feels like we've been like Pete Davidson has been in like mainstream pop culture for 20 years. You know, like it feels like he's been around for like 15 years, mm-hmm. and he's only 28. But maybe I mean he. <laughs> Probably because he got he got he got in so young, which is is uh, you know again another another notch in his build, isn't it? Another testament to his talent. Uh, but I, I did want to give you the, the space. I wanted to give you the space to sort of you know say your piece now that that relationship is officially over, and I think you've done that. Just make sure you keep tabs for us on Pete's on the rest of Pete's career, You're, okay? Mm. And br- and bring those notes to the show every once in a while so we can keep up. Big weekend for Pete. How's that movie going to do at the box office? I don't think it, it really it doesn't sound like it's his movie from you. It's an ensemble I, of people. It's an ensemble yeah. cast. I think that I think that that movie needs to be number one at the box office. You're coming off a big week, you know the the news. You're in the I, news. I think it is going to be number one. I think, I think, I think it's got to be number one. I think it is yeah. going to be number one. And then what you going to come in here and I've say? I've never even heard of what you're talking about. We're talking about a number he don't, one. Pete Davidson like, don't make movies for you, man. Wakanda forever. Yeah, got goosebumps watching the trailer. Bodies, bodies, bodies. What the hell are we talking about here? Is he in it or not? He's like, in see it. The he's difference in it. He's, there? In he's it. one okay. of the bodies. But he's is he the star? Is it an ensemble? Is but, it his movie or is it their movie? No, see what I'm saying? No, it can't be Pete Davidson's own. There's movie. big, and then there's okay. Let's see if Pete this can Davidson be big. movie was King of Staten Island. That was his movie because he was playing himself, right? Mm-hmm. That was the only movie he did. The rest he's just been a part of, and he'll just be a part of this one. He'll probably have a big role, but he'll just be he won't be the main guy. Probably a wickedly fun Gen Z slasher. Is what they're saying about bodies, bodies. Sign bodies. me up. Oh, that's not going to be number one. Exactly. I don't think anything comes out this weekend besides that. I think that. I think it is. The Thor movie's going to beat it. No, it's not. It's been out for weeks. I'm saying though, like, body, like a Gen Z slasher is not going to number one. Ah. Uh, it's a plus four fifty dog right now. I live. Like, it's going to be number one. What? Real quick, since we got you, nope. 
good? No, did you I see it? it yet. Okay, okay. But okay. I'll be honest, I've heard mixed things. Me too. I've heard I've heard people say that it's just not on the same level as like Get Out and Us were when those two came out. Realistically, I don't think people have the mental capacity to try to decipher the messages that Jordan pulled. I thought this one was less to. message though, and just more. I, I thought it was less of that and less message and more. I said Jordan Poole, Jordan Peele. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think people have the 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 wherewithal anymore to to try to solve that. I still want to see it. <clears throat> just haven't gotten around to it. I, I I liked I liked his uh I liked Get Out and I liked Us, you know, but sometimes when I go to see a movie, that's what, I don't want to think anymore, right? I want to just be told what it's about. Well, to his point about what you know, what's out there right now. Dude, I, I have enough going on in my life. Come on, man. Uh, Bullet League, DC League of Super Super Pets. Bullet Train. That was number one last week, the Brad Pitt movie. Oh, uh, Super Pets comes out this weekend? Uh, that came out last weekend, too. Nope. Thor, Love and Thunder. These were over the weekend uh-huh. from Karen from Malco. And then Minions, Rise of Gru. So Top Gun's still sixth. Wow. That's the point. It's slow time right now. Maybe your body's body's body does gonna, something. I think it's going to do something for Pete this weekend. Maybe it does. Bumps him up, as The bounce say. back begins this weekend. That's a feather in his cap, though. That's a feather in his cap. <clears throat> anyway, I'm glad you got that off your chest, Jason. I'm very glad that you were able to say that. Okay, on to some other matters. Um, this is a guy I think you I, – I, I, I do think you hold him in higher regard, Kevin Durant. A man who also wants a separation. In this case, he's Kim, right, calling the shots. Well, do we know? Do we know who initiated that? I mean, you assume that it was Kim. Mm-hmm. But but do we know? Maybe no, it was no. Maybe it could it was be Pete. Maybe it was Pete. You know, maybe maybe Pete said the distance is just too great. You know, and he was tired of dealing with like the harassment, the text from Kanye. You know, I can't just keep doing this. You know, so we don't know. You know, the other thing about KD and all this, and the the sort of you better do this or else was he he was the one that waited until late June. Was it late June, early July-ish to make the trade request after Kyrie doesn't get the long-term deal? Right. So after right. Kyrie opts in, then he does the trade request, which puts some puts the Nets behind the eight ball in terms of because Utah and Minnesota were already talking. That happened around that time too. And so once you, you once you pull in this late trade request, yep, you sort of set you set your own team up. You want out of there. That's right. But they got to get a return for it. And 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 frankly, the timing of your trade first trade request. Put them behind the eight ball in terms of trade. The market had already changed or was about to change once the Go Bear deal went down. And so, again, he's had so much of a hand in where they are now that I just don't see how you could play this card. You picked Nash. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. A couple of years ago, that, that's what you wanted. Oh, no, you're right. And again, Joe Side did everything that you wanted. And why should he co- keep going down that route now? That's, that's where this thing is. Look, Cy played hardball with Kyrie. What did he do? He said, go out and show me the market. Go show me a sign-and-trade deal. It wasn't there. And so he called his bluff on it and frankly said, no, I'm not giving you a long term. We're going to do this one year. You're going to opt in, and we'll go from there. He played hardball with him. I don't see why you change for KD here in this situation. Again, not telling you Nash is some you know, smart coach or even the right guy for the job, right. but you can't cave into the demands of Kevin Durant over and over and over uh, and still have, you know, Still have any sort of modicum of, of control? I think but, at some point you got to draw the line. But and you would, has. But you would you would do that for Ja, right? You would do everything Ja ever wanted you to. Like if Ja came to the front office and said, "It's me or Taylor Jenkins." Goodbye, Taylor Jenkins. Right? Not even a question. It, it, a little bit different. 
in the situation I know, that because I've already, I went out and got Kyrie. I went out and got James Harden. I gave up assets for this, and that plan's failed, and you're still blaming me and now the coach for for what basically was we're here because of your decisions. John Morant's done what? Nothing in terms of right in terms of going out and you've gone and gotten this guy for jaw or that guy for jaw that you haven't done that yet. Right. So at some point, yes, it's kind of like Luca. Luca clearly, what was the what was the front office guy? Hell, Carlisle. Like they made a move based on who Luca liked and didn't like. It and was, when you've got uh, the young guy in there, Herabola, uh-huh. or When you've got the young guy in there, yeah, there's some of that. But this isn't a KD situation where uh, with jaw where you've already been down the road to him, you've acquiesced, done two, three, four things, five things that he's demanded. And and now you're on the sixth, seventh thing, right? Because you've gone through all the rest of them. Well, you're not there with Ja yet, so it's not it's not apples to apples there. Yeah. My thing with Kevin Durant, you already gone down the road. You gave him a ton of control. Look where it's gotten you right now. At some point, you got to take your control back. Yeah. I mean, look, I it's time to stop giving the power to these aging superstars, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I, I like we've moved. It's a new era, frankly, in the NBA to where whether it's LeBron or KD, these owners cannot just hand over the power because those guys aren't leading you to multiple titles like this, like they might have done in previous years. No, it's not fair. happening like that. I would I would counter, though, by saying, okay, yeah, they went out and they got Kyrie, they did all that, but also Kyrie didn't get the COVID vaccine, and so he wasn't available. And so, like, KD was put in a situation where he's having to carry – for 41 games a year because... Right, but, but that's your best friend that you picked. Well, he didn't know at the time that COVID was going to be a thing they, and that Kyrie wasn't going to get the vaccine. But I mean, they just went out and got your guy, though. Okay. That's not... Well, but, okay, so to that point, though... That's are, on... That's... You picked him. But KD's saying he don't like Steve Nash, right? He don't like Steve Nash. And so it ain't going to work if Kyrie doesn't get along with the coach. So you got to get rid of the coach. These dudes picked Steve Nash. They could have taken Jock Vaughn, who I said at the time, why y'all picking this the, with all due why y'all picking this coach who hasn't done this unproven coach, never coached in his life. Why y'all picking him off his name just because he's a former all-star? Jock Vaughn did a hell of a job in the interim, uh, frankly, with that team when they with role players, had him on an absolute role. He should have been given the job when when it went down. I said you're picking the wrong coach. So so it's it's the Nets' fault for picking the guy that KD and Kyrie wanted in the first place? No. Back to the point. Stop letting them make the decisions if you're Joe Psy. At some point, again, yes, you want to win a championship, but eventually you've got to have a franchise, a successful one, and one hopefully that's in championship contention for years. Kevin Durant's sending you the way of the Lakers right now right. where it's looking a hot mess because of this decision-making. Again, you traded for Harden. That didn't work. You go get Ben Simmons. He ain't playing. This is after the two of them come to you and say, hey, we're going to do it for the net. You know, we're going to win, do what Brooklyn's never been able to do. Some point you got to you, you, you got to put your foot down. You got to draw the line. Yeah, well, that's Again, where they are like right I said, now. You'd be genie bus if you don't. We'll see what happens. We'll see what they decide to do. But uh, that is the latest because like there was like a month where we didn't hear anything. There was no deal. Now here's the latest. He's reiterating it. Now he's giving an ultimatum. So we'll talk to Tris Creek about all this and more. She'll address her lyrics, her mixtape. Um, uh, it's got to be aired out. I mean, there's no other way around it. So we'll do that when we come back. Jason and John, 92.9 FM, ESPN. 92.9 FM, ESPN, Memphis's official back-to-school sports station. No cap. Sure, you've picked out your favorite back-to-school shoes, but have you picked out your favorite back-to-school radio station? Let me suggest 92.9 FM, ESPN. I mean, after all, it is Memphis's official back-to-school sports station. Totally tax-free and free to listen to anytime, anywhere on the free Odyssey app. App or on your smart speakers. Just say, play 92.9 ESPN. 
Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles of national park trails. And we're on our way to restoring even more because every mile is a new memory. Life happens out there. Nature Valley. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Woo-hoo! Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, KBB.com. Finally, a flashing dashboard light, that's good news. There is a new Express Oil Change and Tire Engineers in Millington where you can experience friendly, trustworthy service and get all your auto needs met in one convenient place. Stop by and enjoy amazing deals like $15 off our full-service stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change and $100 off a set of four tires. Express Oil Change and Tire Engineers, now open in Millington on Highway 51 near Lowe's. We take care of your ride so you can enjoy the drive. Everyone knows that Memphis has the best barbecue in the nation, right? Of course, no doubt. And Topps Barbecue is the best in Memphis, so that would make Topps Barbecue the best, period, right? Right, but Topps isn't just the best barbecue. We know that. They're also the best burgers, too. So what's the best at Topps? Man, I can't choose. Why don't we let the fans out there decide Topps pork or Topps beef and turkey burgers, too? I feel that. Something like the Topps Barbecue Battle of the Barn, pork, beef, or turkey. And everyone gets to vote. Hit their Facebook up, folks, and let's see what reigns at Topps. Consumer investigator Andy Wise here. I've covered my share of disasters, and I can tell you the people of Service Master by Cornerstone are the experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. They use all modern methods to repair the damage, be it a home gutted by fire or a five-story commercial building racked by storm damage, with a laser focus on getting your home or commercial building back to normal. Service Master by Cornerstone has the respect of risk insurance adjusters and emergency contractors. It will save your business or home. Make the wise choice for disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Rockies East Memphis wants you to come celebrate with them at 4694 Spotswood Avenue. Great food, great music, games, and more. Come on by with your friends and family for some entertainment and fun at a very reasonable price. Call 901-310-4436 for hours regarding happy hour and daily specials, too. Rockies East Memphis, where fun meets family and friends during the week and weekends, too. 4694 Spotswood Avenue. Call 901-310-4436. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John. Live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. It's Tuesday, so y'all know what that means. Trista Crick is in the building. Can we get an applause? Can we get an applause for Trista for joining us every single Tuesday? <laughs> Bet MGM tonight. He checked with Trista Crick. Jerry West is on there today. You should check it out. 
Uh, Trista, I uh, I found the audio of the uh, of the of the mixtape back in the day, and uh, I played the lyrics for my my partners here, and they were. Um, you found the full. You found the full song. No, I couldn't find. I couldn't find the full song. I, I found what was out okay. there. I found. I mean, if there's a place I can go, I would certainly look into it. But I played the. I'll I, send I, it to you when we get done. Yeah, I, I played the snippet and. Um, my partners were, were taken aback with, with I think your you, you, how expressive you were. The lyrics were very expressive for you know for so long ago. Yeah, I was fronting. You were fronting. I was fronting. What I was. Uh, I want no part of any smoke. I want. I will not date anyone who's pushing weight. I will definitely not aid and abet any crimes. And I certainly will not cover up those crimes for anyone. So I, uh, I was 16. And uh, wow. I was trying to be a ri- ride or die back then. I'm 16, just lying. Just that pretty much everything. The bars still hold up, but there's just so many lies I could go through and just say, yep, wouldn't do that, never did that. Nope, that's not true either. How does it come about at 16, Trista? That's the part of the story John didn't tell us off air that you were that young in that video. I didn't know. I didn't know. So you were already in the music game or at 16? Yeah, so how it all kind of came to be was my we moved from uh, California to Northern California to Portland, and we moved to my sister ended up going to our neighborhood high school and we kind of lived in a in a real rural part of California where it was like horses and apple trees and, you know, deer and all this. And so we end up moving, which is pretty shocking to people uh, because you don't think of Portland like this. We move into pretty much the only urban black neighborhood in Portland. So she brings me back. I'm six. She brings me back the chronic and she brings me back Snoop's doggy style. Wow. And I just fall I fall in love with hip hop at night in 1992. I end up memorizing uh, "Ain't Nothing But a G Thing." I memorize Snoop's part, and I convince my sister to memorize Dre and his part, and we perform it for my mom in the living room. And she was obviously taken aback by those lyrics as well, and said, "Well, if this is something that you like." Instead of saying what Snoop has to say, maybe you should start writing the things that you have to say. And that was in the middle of a big divorce going on between my mom and my dad. So I used music from the time I was really young to kind of process the things that we were going through, the things that happened in the neighborhood, and, you know, try to stunt when I was sick. You know, it happens from the time you're 6 to 16, you're trying to be cool. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I end up meeting... Uh, I got a kid named Elijah at a at this at this youth center for kind of inner city kids. They had music programs, they had basketball programs. So I would go there after school, and his name, his rap name was Fame, and my rap name was Fate. And we rap for each other in the parking lot, and we're like, why don't we start a group? So we started a group when I was like 14, and we got into the studio and started recording. Recorded probably like eight or nine songs as a group, and then I ended up performing solo at a talent show, celebrity-based talent show. Morris Chestnut was there, and 
MMA and a bunch of old school hip hop heads and some, and they ended up asking me if I, woman from Sony, Melissa, asked me if I would be willing to sign with Sony. And they gave me one of the contracts. I sent it to my mom, and she said, absolutely not. So that was kind of the end of it. Wow. I think we're all just sitting here floored by this story and how close you were to signing with <laughs> Sony, apparently. Good Lord. Why, yeah. why did your mom say no? no? It seems crazy to me that your mom would, would, get, would have kept you from becoming a, a multi-platinum recording artist. Based on what I heard, I think that would have been one of the most successful music careers of all time. I, <laughs> why? Well, I think that the thing that she saw inside of the contract, which we now know is kind of how the record business is, is you're, you're now indebted to you know six albums. We'll give you 5% of the sales. You're going to go in the underneath label, underneath Sony. You have to drop out of school. You need to start recording right now in New York. You need to move to New York. And she didn't really like the idea of me not going to college and them taking all the money and me basically being locked up into a control agreement at 16 years old. So she said, yeah, I'm going to, why don't you go to college? And then if that's opportunity still there for you, then, and you still want to do it, then, then go ahead and do it. So whatever happened to uh, Fame and Fate? Like whatever happened to the, that group there? It kind of split up once they asked me to go solo, and he was pretty hurt. We're still friends. I actually texted him a couple of days ago after I I played the song on the radio, or they found it and played it on the radio, and just to catch up. He's still making songs. Actually, he's still making music, which is I'm I'm highly envious of. I don't have enough time to really write and record but we would be in the studio together for 15 16 hours at a time getting things mastered recorded it was a really good learning experience too you get to go through the creative process and get it to a point where it sounds good in a car and sounds good in a walkman and and you're happy playing it for your friends and we sold demo tapes and we did a little mini tour in the pacific northwest which was cool it was it was definitely where the performing part of me comes from. <clears throat> there's some uh, there's some great Memphis female rappers here. You should look into Gangsta Boo, La Chat. I don't know if you drew any. I know Gangsta Boo. I know Gangsta Boo. So there, there, yeah. there you go. Drew some inspiration. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's quite honestly, it's hard to recover from this. You know, just in the in the same segment. You know, it really is. It's hard to uh, you know move forward. It's hard to pivot out of it, right? It's hard to pivot out. It I is what it is. I don't talk about it a lot. Yeah, I don't talk about it a lot because it's just a long time ago. It was two decades ago. But I think it definitely informs who I am, that period of time. And I don't think you really know me unless you know that this is what I've done. Well, now Memphis does. Now Memphis does. Now Memphis, you know, Memphis is a hotbed for musical talent, you know. So I think there are a lot of people that are listening, right, that that can relate to just being one, you know, signature away from – from superstardom, who knows, right? Who, but it worked out well because you know, you know now you're doing Bet MGM tonight, and you're you're here with us, so it it all worked out. Have you ever given somebody an ultimatum in a relationship the way that Kevin Durant is giving the Nets an ultimatum? Yeah, I told a boyfriend, hey, you need to stop smoking weed uh, from after getting home from work. Wow, we just don't smoke it. Just don't smoke it in the house. Like, could you just not? 
have hard drugs in here. Well, which was uh, it? Was it was it in the house or was it at all? I mean, because you're t- sort of saying two different things here. Well, it started out as in the house, and then the guy is high all the time. And it's like, are you ever sober? And if you're not sober, then maybe we need to get you into therapy because you're obviously self, self-medicating and coping from some issues that you haven't been able to really tackle on your own. How did, so, he, how did he handle it, Tristan? He stopped smoking weed. Wow. Right, but he, but, he, but he was very unhappy, though, wasn't he? He was very unhappy. He wasn't. Let me just tell you this. He was probably a better boyfriend. Things went downhill after that pretty fast. Right, because, because here's a, <laughs> you tried to change him. You tried to fundamentally change you you took now like, we you know it's, it, there's some good and bad but in his mind you took something away that he enjoyed. Correct, correct. And you know what? You can't do that. You just need to move on. If you don't want to be in a relationship with someone who does that, then you just need to move on. Right. You don't need to make ultimatums. The difference between me and Kevin Durant, which is are many things, um, <laughs> is that he wants to go he wants to get out of this and uh i don't understand it though really because steve nash was his choice Mm -hmm. and and sean marks had a good thing going before Kyrie and kd got there to the point that that's what lured them in right and so they they wouldn't have even had any interest in the brooklyn nets had it not have been for sean marks and what he created with d-lo and all those guys, Torian Prince and, you know, Jared Dudley and that whole era, right, Jared Allen. So I'm real curious about how this thing all started and when it was a breaking point for KD because I think it was probably that press conference. I'm not sure if you guys know which one I'm talking about, the exit interviews after they got sent home and they got swept. Sean Marks basically talked about how he wants to change the culture Mm -hmm. back. Yeah in Brooklyn, and he only wants players there that are highly locked in and committed to winning and committed to team basketball, and they were going to take more of a of a firm stance on that, and they were going to take the control back on the team, and I was like, rut row, I don't know how this, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm guessing not well. Well, the, 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 you, you can make another demand, but I don't know that it's going to change the market, Trista. And if that Gobert trade, you know, has set the market, I just don't know that the, the return that they get's going to change. Now you now you put yourself in a team where these team these teams are going to call your bluff and say, "Listen, we know he wants out, so you're going to have to take less." And I, I just don't I don't think he's made the situation any better, and I don't think the market for him has changed necessarily. Let me ask you this: If you were a completely different subject, if you're describing Serena Williams to someone who's never seen her, doesn't know a thing about her impact on tennis or on sports, period, how would you go about doing that, Trista? Oh, I mean, that's such a difficult thing to say. I would say uh, a phenom at a young age Mm -hmm. who broke barriers for the culture, her and her sister and and her family in general changed what was possible for a generation of young brown and uh, brown girls and boys in a sport that was largely white but also rich, and so and her power and speed and dominance became must-see television 
to the point that she became not only an elite athlete like Kobe, but she was an icon and still is an icon to this day where the U.S. Open is going to probably be breaking records for her final event uh, before she rides off in the sunset. And I would say as a mother, to be able to be that icon and athlete and find love and be a mom is also something that's not talked about enough. You know, we were talking about I love that. We were talking about it earlier, and uh, there was a tweet from – you know, a friend of the show, Myra Metcalf, who who said that she's the greatest athlete of all time, um, and which of course like sparks all this different discussion about. Well, no, she's like, wh- why is it with human nature that when somebody either retires or passes or whatever, that we just have this, we have this desire to like label them. You know, uh, we, we, we just we, we go really like heavy with it, you know, on, on the praise. Like, why, why is that human? Like, I, I, you know, I might, you might find some people that say she's the greatest athlete of all time. But like, is she better than Jordan? Is she better than Tom Brady? Is she better than LeBron? Like, you know, probably not. But why do we have that sort of instinct um, as humans to like go that far at times like this? Great question. I think two reasons. Number one, I think this happens upon death as well. We want to over exaggerate. If you've lost a family member or a friend, I think that the general instinct is to forget things that were not so great and to memorialize and commemorate them in a way where you only remember the things that were good, but not just remember the things that were good, exaggerate Mm -hmm. all the things that were good because it sort of creates, our culture is based on storytelling too, right? Throughout history, we, we make things bigger than they are so that they can pass down from, you know, person to person, generation to generation. And that storytelling, it's almost like you have to make her into a god or him into a god um, because they're no longer there. I think also it's really hard for young people who didn't watch Serena to understand the magnitude that she had in the game. And so it's almost like in order for people to notice how great she was and is, you have to almost, exaggerate it so that people will pay attention you're right like one of the things that like people will say you know about like uh you know a coach or an athlete like they'll say things like great player even better person like no no probably not you know what i mean like they were really they were really awesome as a player or a coach it would be difficult to be a better person than they were a coach or player and they likely were not, you know, and like, that's okay, you know, <laughs> like, like that is, you, you don't have to be, yeah. you don't have to be a great person to be a great athlete. I know that would be ideal or coach, but like, you just, you know, you could be one without being the other. I think, and I think more often than not, there is a level of, I'm going to be careful with this word, but I hope you understand that it's part of the nuance of it is there's a level of, of psychosis. When you have that, uh, that sort of maniacal uh, dedication to one thing, whatever that one thing is, to the point where you might be the greatest in your era to do that one thing. And that happens for every industry across uh, all, you know, not only just sports, but period, right? And I think when you have that singular focus to be as 
good as you become, you have to block other people out, those distractions, other things that you enjoy. You become much more self-focused, less interested in others and empathy. And so there's almost a correlation to me between greatness and not being that great of a human being. And so I think it's more rare more rare when you find someone who's really, really elite, but then also extremely humble, extremely empathetic, philanthropic, good to the people that they meet, really good to fans. That's very rare. And I think we should hold that in its rarity instead of just saying it. Like, we know Michael Jordan's not a, like, Michael Jordan, great player, not a better person. Like, we know that. Not a better person. But, like, um... Like, is Peyton Manning, like, is Peyton Manning a great player, better person? No. No. Like, so you no. have to have, like, you have to, like, you have to have, like, an average player, you know, like, Brandon Clark, like, good player, better person. <laughs> like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta start the, like, pretty low there. I do think, though, and I'm not just plugging the, the podcast, I do think Jerry West, great player, better person. Wow. I do. Wow. I do. I, I do I do think that. That's controversial because like he was he was portrayed as not a great person. Yeah, and that was the thing that we talked about in the interview, it'll come out in part two, where he was he's very upset about that depiction, not because of him, but when you seek to destroy the people in the story, which is, you know, the Lakers in ni- late nineteen seventies and Jerry Buss buying the team and immediately becoming a winner and what happened with magic. All of those things are, are, are incredible stories. But when you seek to diminish and try to quote unquote humanize the actors in this story by saying things that aren't necessarily true to dramatize it, it sort of cheapens the story itself. And so we talk about that and he's very, uh, he's very honest and candid about, how he feels about the winning time, but Jerry West is is one of the greatest people I've ever met, and that's not a hyperbole. He's, wow. he's consistently very generous with not only his time but his insight, his wisdom, his energy, and and trying to do whatever it takes to help others. Right? He has no reason to spend two hours. I don't have the biggest podcast the NBA in the world. I don't even, it's not even close. It's not even top 25, but he did that for me because he cares about me and me succeeding. Wow. Well, the fate, this was awesome. a, this was a lot, uh, I think heavier than, you know, we, we probably all anticipate, but that's okay though. That, that, that means the segment has range. Yeah. You know what I mean? We've got layers, John. Yeah. We've got I can't wait. I, I think we need to. I think we need to get fade up out of retirement. You know, a 2022 mixtape. So many issues, right? To I'm, get- I'm curious to see how many more layers there are to you, Trista. We we learn about a new one every <laughs> like, week. It feels like like an onion. Yeah. I'm just glad we're becoming. A, I'm just glad we're becoming a family. A unit. We are. It's a, a family it is. unit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. And and. Um, you know who knows where it goes from here, but uh, I look forward to these. I think, and I think we all do. I think Memphis looks forward to them every single Tuesday. We appreciate the time, Krista, as thank always, you so much. I love you guys, and I love Memphis just as much, if not more. Love it. Love you back. Talk soon. Thanks, Tristan. Talk soon. Later.
She is Trista Crick. What a, uh, what a, uh, you know, you, you learn things about guests, right? You learn things about guests every, uh, you know, every time, especially the, you know, when you have them on weekly, right? But I got to say, like, that's got to be probably one of the bigger curveballs in terms of, like, weekly guests we've had on. Like, we've had Jay Williams on. We have Jason. Jason Fitz is a former musician, right? He actually was in Yeah, the had band a whole other life to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know. But, like, he so was. kind of similar. It's like, you know. Because he did. He's got a whole other life. Well, kind of similar in a way. But, like, he, you know. He went to Juilliard, did he? he did, yes, yeah. he was like, he. I mean, he's he got a Grammy, I want to say, you know, for his work doing that. But, but she was right there with Sony. Yeah, she was. Yeah, it's crazy. Paper contract on there. Mom said, "Don't sign it." I don't know. Like, it's almost more interesting. Story. It's almost more interesting to me that like she was about to get a record deal, but never did, as opposed to like Fitz went on to be like a great musician and all that. Like, yeah, like it's almost it's almost you know <laughs> more interesting to me. Anyway, I uh, appreciate Tris for joining us here on the show. We'll come back on a Tuesday, wrap it up. Jason and John, ID Town FM, ESPN. Coming up at 2, it's the Giannato and Jeffrey Show. Mark Giannato, lead columnist from the Commercial Appeal, and Jeffrey Wright, college football and BetQL analyst. Giannato and Jeffrey, weekdays 2 till 4 p.m., 92.9 FM, ESPN. Attorneys ready to serve America's largest injury law firm. Fighting for full and fair compensation. Dial now for a free case evaluation. Fight for your right, no fear. We win. Let's believe that we'll battle to the end. Dial pound law, that's all. Or log on to forthepeople.com. Come on. All you gotta do is. Visit ForThePeople.com for an office near you. Come on. All you gotta do is 5X480. Dayton B100 V-Belt. One of the many parts Granger carries. It's also the item that helped Rob carry the day. The job was on hold. Deadline fast approaching. But a quick search on Granger.com and Rob found his part. And with same-day pickup at his local branch, he and his crew got the job done safely and on time. Get supplies and solutions for every industry with real-time product availability. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Allstate, where driving safe saves you more. And it should. With DriveWise in the Allstate app and your safe driving skills, you can save 40%. Add it to your policy for personalized driving feedback and save. Lower your rates, match your expectations with Allstate. Click, call, or visit Allstate.com today. Not available in every state. Savings based on DriveWise and other safe driving discounts. Savings vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. The Live Love Memphis group at the real estate agency, they're here for you. They want to help you make the most money for your home. They can do it. They've been doing it for years and years. They have been helping many a Memphian make the most money for their home, get the best deals on their home, help them find the home of their dreams and everything they're looking for while not compromising on price, on features. You need a team that has the connections 
that has the wherewithal to do that on both sides, right? Making you the most money for your home, but also helping you get the best deal on the other side. That's where they come in. They did it for Jason. They can do the same for you. All you have to do is reach out. Sold at LiveLoveMemphis.com. Nobody's going to work harder for you than Jennifer Carstensen. That should mean something to you, especially in 2022. That's the way she's built this team, quite frankly, just with hard work, with doing a fantastic job and getting more for your home. Uh, in sellers' homes than they thought they could get. And frankly, that was the case for me. Can still be the case for you, even in this changing market. You got to call her up, though. Not going to happen unless you call her. 901 625 5200. Again, 625 5200. Jennifer Carson and her team, the best at what they do. Let them do it for you. You can email them at sold at livelovememphis.com. It's the Live Love Memphis and Live Love DeSoto teams at the real estate agency. This is Gary Parrish reminding you about Danny Morrison Roofing Professionals. They're a local, family-owned and operated business serving the Mid-South's residential and commercial roofing needs since 2010. It's the home of the free roof. You really can get a new roof with no cost to you. Most roofing jobs, they can be done in one day, so this isn't some lengthy process. Just call Danny at 901-870-0186. It's Danny Morrison Roofing, a proud supporter of the University of Memphis Athletic Department. Danny Morrison Roofing, 901-870-0186. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Topps Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. You know, a lot of companies in Memphis are hiring. Sure, there's plenty of job openings, but where should you go? Where your skills fit the best? Where are you going to get paid the most? We've got the solution, the answer for anyone out there looking for work or even looking for a job change or a new career. It is called Millennium Search. That's right. What do they do? They hire for the very best companies in Memphis and the Mid-South. Can't say the names, but we can all put our heads together and figure it out. Shipping, shoes and apparel, medical, tools, healthcare. These are the best of the best companies in Memphis. Yep, and your better paying job with those best of the best companies all starts at one place, Millennium Search. The incredible team they got over there is going to get to know you, get you in the spots best for you. You've just got to get to the web address, which is jobswiththebest.com. Again, very simple, jobswiththebest.com. If you or someone you know needs to start earning more immediately, they got you. They have immediate openings in Bihalia, Mississippi, for general warehouse positions and forklift operator positions starting between $15 and $18 an hour. Just call this number today. 662-985-6690. That's 662-985-6690. Go with the best today. Start earning more tomorrow. Uh, did you ever, uh, Ben, did you ever have like a garage band that you were jamming out on trying to make it big, brother? No. Jason, you ever have some? You ever lay down something in the studio? Uh, we had a little uh, studio, a little closet studio in the Orange Mound. We were trying to put together a little doo-wop group back oh, at White doo-wop Station. group, okay. Back at White Station back in the day-day. Of course, yeah. I was singing baritone, as you know. Right. We tried, yeah, and we didn't get in. We didn't get in front of Sony. Well, it's hard and to do frankly, that. We didn't Not everybody get in, can. We didn't get in front of anybody that was relevant in the music industry. So That's right. we had a dream, uh, but it was snuffed. You out. had a dollar in a dream. Didn't get very far. Did not get very. You know, I was more of a uh, a thespian, right? I was Charlie Brown in the uh, in the school play. I was more. I was like that. I was exploring that. You were in a school play. Oh yeah, at White Station. No, no, no. This was way back when I was a kid. Like when I was like, you know, in the fourth, third or fourth grade. Well, who put you? Your mom put you in that or you decided you're going to go well, out it was for just, it? It was a school play. You I said, mean, I want to be Charlie Brown, mom? Well, no, I got casted as Charlie Brown. Okay, but how did you get, did you decide? Were you in well, a, everybody a, in the play, school, play everybody class? Everybody in the school did it. Everybody did it in yeah, the school? Yeah, it, it was a small school. But you, know? you got the lead role. Yeah, I, 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 did the, uh, <laughs> I did the. You didn't have to go out for that or win it in a tryout? There weren't other boys that no, wanted to be remember, Charlie Brown? I don't remember if it was like an audition or what, but my, my big is role. Is this Cap? 
No, because I'm going to tell you what I had, my big role, right? It was not a, it was not like a speaking play. We were all second and third grade. But I, uh, I slid, I slid on the stage, and I said, "Why is everybody always, always picking, picking on me?" <laughs> and the parents loved it. <laughs> Why did Bennett roll his eyes, man? I was in a play. No, I, I got, I actually got approached I mean, by the former Orpheum. Th- former thespian over here. I think we have a true thespian, and that's why he rolled his eyes. I got approached by the, the Orpheum. Oh, you did? Yeah. I don't think that's how that My works. mom wouldn't let me sign it. No, she, she they said, don't. They just book shows. They're not No, it was, it was a different signing. It was a different deal back then. It no, was a different deal. No, they were like, that's not how that they works. They were like only going to give me like 15%. I feel like you were in some White Station productions, Bennett. Were you in, in drama class, drama club? I was in drama, but I, I wasn't in like any of their big plays right, that they you put could, on. Right, you didn't make the cut. I did sit in Kathy Bates' chair. What was the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and the bear? That's one you'd go after. The Revenant. Yeah, you could be in The Revenant. Yeah. Great movie. I'm saying that could be like the White Station High School production of The Revenant. You know, like any movie that requires doomsday preparation, you know, or like forming an army or like end of times. Like that innovation. movie was none of that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it was, but it was survival, enough. though. It was survival. Yeah. It was about survival, wasn't it? Yes. Of, of a yeah, bear. It was about survival. Survive a bear yes. attack. Right, but I'm saying like you would be a great cast for survival movies, you know, Thank or you. productions, you know, because you're you're like life finds a way, you know what I mean? Like Jurassic Park. Mm. That's Bennett Doyle. So, I mean, I think it's it's good to sort of share all of our, you know, achievements in life. You know, I was Charlie Brown. You you didn't tell us what you were actually in, though. You just told us what you weren't in. No, I was in Peter Pan. He was in Peter Pan. I don't remember who I played. I think I played one of the <laughs> brothers, one of Wendy's brothers. Oh, were you? You were in Peter but Pan. But he was in Peter Pan, man. Maybe he was one of the Lost Boys. It was a Lost Boy. Yeah, it wasn't a big role. Mm. For, so for rolling your eyes at John there about about what he didn't been involved in. Right. Oh, Peter Your resume Pan. isn't nearly as strong as no, maybe you were letting strong. on earlier. Right. I, was in a com- <laughs> I was in a commercial when I was younger. See, now he's... Now he's yeah. Good. Yeah, for, uh, it was this company called Organic Plus. It was like a bug spray company. Weren't you in a, a music video for Saliva too? What? Yeah, but you can't see me. You okay. can only like see my hand. <laughs> His hand was in a music video. For click, the click, line. boom! I was in the front row. Dang, that's a pretty. That's their biggest hit. I think that's true. That's their biggest hit, and and like they did. They, did you get paid? They said we were going to get paid. I never got a check. I got a T-shirt, but no, never. Yeah, you never probably, got a check you, probably you had to sign something, probably. Yep, you had signed your sign life like away, it. no doubt about it. But your hand is in click, click, boom. Like that's mm-hmm. something that you'll be able to I wore, tell. I wore a bracelet so I could see it. Oh really? Like uh-huh. you, you like if you saw it today, you'd be like, "Oh, that's me." That's me. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's very. And it'll always be there. They can never take it away from. That's you. right. And again, like it's their most successful hit. So, right. you know, that's a that's a hell of a resume. I think that's what that's what got you hired here, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. I just showed the video to Dan Barron, and he was like, "That's all I needed to see." It's awe inspiring. Yep. yep. It truly is. Uh, well, look, um, <clears throat> I know it's hard as a listener to hear. You know, our sort of, you know, decorated careers and accomplishments, right? Illustrious. Whether that's a doo-wop band in, in the closet or whether that's Charlie Brown or whether that's, you know, your hands in a music video for Saliva. I know that's tough to hear, right? But, um, you know, that's life. Misses on fame. That's life. Yep. As Vince McMahon says, life sucks and then you die. That's the way it goes. Thanks to Trista Crick for joining us on the show today. Uh, thanks Joe to Tomic. Joe Theismann yep. and Joe Tomic for joining. It was a busy show. It was a busy show today. Uh, thanks to Bennett. Gene out and Jeffrey up next. Don't miss it. For Jason, I'm John. We're gone.
WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis, where the legacy of sports is flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk. Always live on the free Odyssey app and smart speakers. Say play 92.9 ESPN, powered by DuckDuckGo. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Refund available for 60 days after purchase. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. You'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. Results are guaranteed or your money back.